a peer of mine reach out a couple of years ago and just ask, I'm thinking about, you know, executive coach and I'm not sure if it's worth the money. And, and I just said, you know, go for it. I think it's, it's money well spent. You're going to look back on it and realize that and, and not even worry about uh, the fi- financial component when you see the outcome, mm-hmm. uh, if you find the right coach. This is the Job Stories Podcast, how people find work that matters. So, Don, just to kind of get us into it, thanks for coming on again. Um, just to jump right in, do you mind to introduce yourself and what is your job currently? What are you doing right now? What are you working on currently? Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so, right now, I'm a senior director at Acume Partners, and I'm in uh, help co-lead a, a group of individuals uh, involved in technology risk, IT audit, cybersecurity consulting uh, that we perform on, on behalf of other organizations, typically in the financial services, healthcare, and other regulated industries. Cool. Have you kind of, have you been in IT a long time? Do you start in IT? Started on, yeah, started in IT on the infrastructure side. Um, I guess at this point, it's been uh, 20, 25 years now. Um, started in, you know, crawling around, fixing desktops and, and, uh, Eventually moved into server administration and then found my way into information security about uh, 10 plus years ago. Wow. So you've seen it change quite a bit, I would say. What are some of the biggest changes of late? Like, what do you see? Um, not only, I, I may be talking more about like just the, because like I mentioned earlier, we deal with IT candidates quite a bit and certifications and things like that. We see it changing faster and faster and faster. What are some of the things you're seeing kind of change in your world um, kind of as you've gone along in your career? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think uh, most recently, uh, just seeing the the challenge of <clears throat> workforce development, um, you know, with the uh, additional uh, pressure to make sure uh, technology is operating appropriately and it's secure, uh, just trying to develop that, that workforce and get them get them into either entry level positions or bring folks over from IT into security, um, which uh, you know I made that that uh, decision to do that several years ago. But um, helping uh, other individuals uh, figure out if that's the right path for them, developing talent to make sure that there's a pipeline. So that's uh, some of what I've been focused on, either on behalf of clients or for Akeem Partners itself. Uh, we, you know, uh, provide what we call a virtual information security officer function. And so we may, you know, some of the, the uh, some of where I spend my time is operating as a, either a kind of a director of information security or an information security officer level position, uh, could be managing staff, developing security strategies. So uh, I spend a lot of time recruiting myself and interviewing candidates and, trying to develop, uh, you know, professional development programs for uh, individuals. And it's, um, and it's, it's certainly a challenge out there, uh, finding candidates, developing them, retaining them, and, uh, and helping to mentor and uh, help folks understand what options are available in information security, uh, specifically, what kind of certifications may be beneficial and so uh, that that's definitely uh, an area that uh, I spend a lot of time, and I know a lot of other folks do. And it's necessary to make sure we uh, we have a workforce to keep up with the demand. Yeah, I'd like to 
stay on that just for a bit because we're recruiters. So, I, I mean, I we see um, candidates interacting with clients all the time. But I wonder um, on your side, are you seeing the pipeline being a problem? Like there's just nobody applying for this position? Or are you seeing, okay, I've got some people, but I can't convince them to stay? Or maybe it's um, I've got some people and they're really good at doing this, but they can't, I can't seem to develop them to grow in their career to do the next thing. What are you, what are you kind of seeing in your world? Well, let, uh, yes, all the above, but let me, <laughs> let me start with, uh, with, um, for specific, specifically looking for senior level candidates is very difficult right now. So seeing like senior information security engineers, Amen. Uh, I engineers that. that have had, you know, five plus 10 plus years of experience. Those are just, there's very few of them. I'm sure you, you guys are seeing the same thing. So when you're trying to hire for a, you know, growth of the team or replacement, if you've lost somebody, it's just very difficult. So we have candidates apply, but you can weed those out pretty quickly and just know that they're not, they're not ready for a senior level position. So how do you develop that and, and get folks that are uh, maybe not quite as senior ready to, to step into those positions. So it's trying to identify that. Um, I, in multiple organizations, yes, uh, folks are leaving, right? They're job hopping and, and they're getting 20, 30, 40% more as they move along just because there's so few candidates out there. So sometimes it is difficult to retain uh, people. Um, I think that all comes down to culture and, and what you can try to offer, um, you know, uh, in the company itself, what the mission of the company is, trying to tie back. You know, it's, it's interesting. One, one thing I'll say just about retention, depending on the field or the industry that the company's in, sometimes IT and security can be abstracted from the mission of the company. So one of the ways that uh, I've tried to um, work on a retention is making sure team members understand their part, the part that they're playing in the greater mission of the company. If it's healthcare, as an example, um, it's easy to uh, feel like your security work isn't necessarily tied to serving a patient, but trying to get those, trying to get the team members to understand what we do in day, day in and day out helps the providers, as an example, serve serve the patient. So that that does help. Um, but you know, grass does seem greener on the other side sometimes, and and uh, that's just the world we live in right now. Um, on the Positions that are not quite as senior, right? So maybe some analyst positions or, or other types of admins. We see a lot of applicants for people that are just not quite ready. So I'm not talking about the very entry-level positions. I'm talking about positions that may require a couple of years of experience. And we, I tend to see candidates that kind of apply all over the board and just quite don't have that experience, although they're, they're trying to jump into cybersecurity. So those typically I'll, I will redirect to maybe a more entry-level position, see if we can get them in the door, build up that experience to move into analysts and other senior positions. On behalf of the candidates, I'll ask this. What, what do you think that the, the candidates that are applying for those mid-level positions, that they're missing out on some things? What do you, 
are you seeing the trend? They're they're missing out on this certification. They're missing out on um, managing a team, or what? What do you think they're missing out on that um, maybe they could try to gain some experience in their current role? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, um, it's um, I don't know that I have a, a consistent answer across the board, but I will say that. Uh, especially for individuals that have been in technology for some time, right? And they're trying to make the transition. They may have years of experience, uh, let's just say on the um, infrastructure management side and they're, and they're trying to move into security. That does take some, depending on what position they're applying for, uh, maybe some experience specifically with certain tools or certain uh, processes. uh, And it typically will require or not require, but, um, certainly look for certifications, entry, even entry-level certifications. And so I actually had a, a, um, a friend uh, and former team member ask, uh, who had been in IT for quite some time, how, you know, what would I recommend as the path to move into security? And so you know, certifications like the, the CompTIA stack, Security Plus, right? That's a great way, uh, even foundational for anybody in technology to, to start um, potentially making that transition or just understanding security concepts in general and apply those regardless of whatever position you're in today. That's a great uh, cert to go after and show that you have uh, you know, an understanding of security and you, uh, you may want to pursue this further. So kind of set them down that path and look at other things such as um, CISSP maybe in a couple of years. Um, but CompTIA is always a great place to start in my opinion. Um, kind of going direct in some questions back towards you and your career path. Yeah. We um, talk a lot about on here. In fact, we were just doing it earlier about how important mentorship is. I've had one for a long time. Matthew's had one for a long time. Have you had anybody in your life that's really kind of helped like speak into you and maybe when you're thinking about changes in jobs or anything like that um, and the importance of particularly having a mentor professionally? Absolutely. Yeah, I think men- mentorship is is key, and I've had a few different uh, mentors over my career. Um, lucky enough to uh, be in contact with, uh, I believe, almost all or all of them still today. Um, but I think that's 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 extremely important I, for me. I mean, I tend to when I move into an organization or um, move into a new position, um, I tend to either seek out or uh, others seek out uh, me and, and, you know, it's kind of one-on-one mentorship for a period of time. Um, I don't tend to have a, a lot of mentees, uh, but I will um, invest as much time as I can in an individual for a period of time that, that makes sense and, and uh, or seek out programs. For example, the Nashville Technology Council has an elite uh, program that they run annually and it's you know he brings in mentors and others that want to be mentored and pairs them up for a period of time to meet with them you know maybe every other week and kind of talk about their career path and so I've had not necessarily that formal structure for myself but others that have poured into me and uh, and it's it's been invaluable so I want to be able to try to do that as much as possible while well, while still working uh, a full-time gig and, and, uh, understanding the the responsibilities of that, but whether it's, um, 
And for me, what I've received, it's it hasn't it's been less technical or um, job skill specific and more leadership, soft skills, mm. and uh, and things like that that have that I've benefited from from my mentors. That's cool. You said that. I was actually thinking the same thing. Like a lot of times for folks that have spoken into my life, it wasn't always like technical things I needed to maybe know for the next job or whatever. It was just what you just mentioned. It was maybe more soft skill type stuff that I think is really invaluable. We need that. You know, we definitely need that. So it's cool. You mentioned that. Absolutely. Have so I'm beginning to notice a trend. We've been doing this for a few months and um, we've interviewed 10 or 15 people so far and all of them at a like vice president or executive level, not all of them, a vast majority of them um, have had some kind of leadership coach or um, somebody with like, that's different from a mentor. It's like um, they've hired like a third party <laughs> to come mm-hmm. in and kind of talk through their career path. Do you have one? have you had contact with one of those like, or, and how have you like made those? Because at, at your level there, you taking a new job is quite a risk. Mm-hmm. It's very, right. very different from, I, I mean, I was a teacher and then I jumped into project managing. So that was not really a risk, but for you at your level, there's a lot of, mm. a lot of risk you have to play. So have you talked to anybody that's had that sort of title or, yeah, talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, um, yeah, you know, I'll mention his name, Mark Wolf here in, in Nashville. Uh, I've worked with him um, for a couple of years. I've known him for, for longer than that. Um, and he, uh, he's got a technology background, which kind of connected us uh, in the beginning. But um, it was several years later after we first met that I started working with him as a coach. And uh, he, it's been you know, even after being in this career for, for 20 plus years and being in leadership for several years before I started working with Mark, um, being able to just have that sounding board and that guide to uh, kind of figure out what the next step is and uh, what skills I need to continue to develop uh, to make sure that I'm on the path and progression that I that I desire. Uh, it certainly has been helpful and I would definitely recommended. In fact, I had a, a peer of mine reach out a couple of years ago and just ask, you know, hey, I'm, I'm uh, or he actually was talking about it in a, in a peer group. I'm thinking about, you know, executive coach, and I'm not sure if it's worth the money. And, and I just said, you know, go for it. I think it's, it's money well spent, you're going to look back on it and realize that and, and not even worry about uh, the financial component when you see the outcome. Uh, if you find the right coach. What what did he talk about? Like, what are some of the generalities you could say that he let you think about when you were working with him? Um, one of the first things we worked on as an example is just reflection of what is important, what's valuable to me. And we even started just simply on the personal side. I didn't even look at the professional side, just have a foundation of what is a non-negotiable. What are the most important things in your life that you want to make sure you are paying attention to, that you have goals set forward for, and uh, that you're working towards. And just, it, it was a time to stop and reflect and 
prioritize and take stock of what uh, what is valuable. And that was one of the first exercises we went through. And he's got several different tools to, to help you go through that, refine it, understand it, write it down, memorialize it, be able to look back on it. Um, so that, that was one of the first elements. And it, it really was a great foundation as we started working together. Yeah. I don't know that we do that enough, right? Take the time to sit down and think and like actually be um, intentional about what's important to us. Like I, that's, so I think that's so wise to have that professionally, but it's interesting because you talked about, we didn't even talk about professional stuff at first. It was more personal. So it's wild, yeah. like, um, to, to that, I mean, finding out just actually being reflective about what's important to us personally affects so much about what we're maybe going to do next professionally. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, and that then, then starts, you know, kind of a, a foundation or additional work on the professional side, but, um, he really brought it home personally first, which I don't know if all coaches do that, but it certainly was valuable to me and it was uh, a great way to start off working together. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just thought of this question, Don. It seems like working with him would actually make you a better, um, boss. Um, because you figured out some things about your personal mm -hmm. life and professional life. And so then you're able to, relate to candidates that are maybe going to come on board or current employees. Have you found that, mm -hmm. that like working with um, a coach has really made you a better boss in your nine to five? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I will say to that point, um, <laughs> uh, I do empathy is not something that comes naturally to me. <laughs> That's a skill that uh, I have to, um, work on continually. And so that was some of the work that I did with Mark, but to that point, yeah, just understanding, uh, for myself, what, what are the non-negotiables? What are the most important elements of me, my life personally? How does that translate into a professional role? And then how can I, uh, help, you know, candidates or the team members kind of do some of that same exercise or understand where they may be coming from? And empathize and um, it's not easy for me and some empathy comes easier for others than it than it does certainly for me but it's um, a good reminder and then building some skill some tools that I can use as I have those conversations with the team members yeah that's profound yeah have you kind of change in speed just a little bit so I'm thinking about man the people in my life that I've known that were at your level and above they they went through seasons where they worked hard and long hours. And then in my current position, when we're talking to candidates, I hear all the time out of them, work-life balance. I need, I need to find um, some balance in between working and not working because I have other things that I like to do. So, like, how have you found that? balance i guess for yourself to enjoy things outside of work and then how do you relate that to to candidates because um i guess you can say what you want to but like you have to kind of put on a good face mm -hmm. um if you're gonna if you're gonna convince a candidate to come on board so how do you wa walk that fine line because mm -hmm. i'm sure I, i'm sure there are times in your life and times with doing what y'all do you need somebody to be at work for a long time one day. Like mm -hmm. it's just part of it. Right. 
or you'll you're doing a sprint at work and you just got to finish the project. So like, right. how do you how do you talk to candidates to work through some of that? I think um, that's that's extremely important uh, for myself as well as my team members and candidates that I talk to. So for me, I mean, I've got um, I have two teenage girls. So, uh, my time is spent, you know, going to their events and, and hanging out with family. And I've got kind of an, an, I don't really have any hobbies right now other than hanging out with family. So (laughs) that's, that's my work-life balance Mm. right now, just the season in life. Um, family's important. I want to be able to spend time with them. So I prioritize that. Um, but it is, it's just something I, I really, uh, hone in on in interviews. Uh, I, I talk, I've got a couple uh, different ways that I go about asking questions around work-life balance, but I want to make sure that anybody I'm going to bring on to a team uh, is not going to be a workaholic and, and just nonstop work because they're going to burn out, right? Especially in security, there's a, or in IT, there's a, a propensity to kind of be working all the time, work from home. Uh, you know, you never leave the office then. So, I want to make sure uh, as candidates, as I'm interviewing candidates, that they have um, they have something outside of work, whether it's family or friends or hobbies or uh, or whatnot. So I kind of dig into that a little bit just to make sure that they understand my expectation is that they're not working all the time. My expectation is that they are taking breaks, uh, taking care of themselves, um, you know, uh, in healthy ways. And mental health is important in IT or any any job, but especially in what we do. So I want to make sure it's prioritized. And if I actually have, uh, you know, had concerns, red flags about some candidates that couldn't quite answer that question. So it calls into question whether they're not they're able to really prioritize uh, their time and, and uh, they may burn out too quickly. It's not somebody that I want on my team either. Yeah, that. The last point you made was actually my experience as a hiring manager in IT was I was, I would kind of ask similar questions and they really wouldn't give me an answer. And I would say, okay, well then how, how is this person going to prioritize a request from me and then a request from his teammates and then a request from across the organization? How are they going to prioritize that? Cause they obviously can't at least verbally tell me how they're going to prioritize uh, going on walks and coming to right. work. So mm. that's interesting that you have shared the same experience. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Don, this has been really, really cool. I think we're kind of running up on time, but we really appreciate your time and coming on. This has been awesome. Um, if you don't mind, we were going to see if there was a way that if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, they could. Um, so if you could Absolutely. share how people might be able to get in touch with you, that'd be great. Yeah. Thanks, Mason and Matthew. Um, yeah, to get a hold of me, uh, my, I'm most active on LinkedIn, uh, so you can look me up, Don Baham, uh, and I, I tend I try to respond to all messages. Welcome to connect, and uh, look forward to to uh, connecting with uh, anybody that's willing. Cool, thanks, Don. We really really appreciate your time. This has been really really cool. We this has been awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Don. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. All. Awesome. Have, Have a good one. Have a great day. You too. See you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.